Education on the contextual side is extremely important because contextual has been around for a really long time. But actually, a lot has changed over the last few years. A lot of new companies are cropping up and all these different technologies and all of these different businesses with contextual offerings. Welcome to the Contextual Advertising 101 podcast. If you're an advertising or marketing leader who has heard about contextual advertising but wants to learn more, then this show is for you. Throughout this podcast series, we will bring you a deep dive into some of the core concepts of contextual advertising, as well as interviews from marketing executives and publishers using contextual advertising today. This episode is brought to you by SeedTag, the world's leading contextual advertising company. Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at seedtag.com. Hello and welcome to the sixth and final episode of our podcast series, Contextual 101. In today's podcast, I'm joined by Catherine Cribbit, who is a member service manager at the IAB. Hi, Catherine. How are you? Hi, Dal. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. Um, so kind of to, just to kickstart, really, it'd be great to, to understand your role at the IAB um, and and even the IOB's role within the industry? Sure. So, so as you say, my role is Member Services Manager, and I essentially work in the Member Services Department at the IOB. And as you can imagine, representing the digital advertising industry, we have lots and lots of members. And what we do is we break them down into different sectors, and each of us in my department are responsible for different sectors and um, and different businesses within those sectors. And I basically... My role is to make sure that loads of our members are making the most out of their membership and um, working with us to build a sustainable future for digital advertising. But I also look after like really specific areas of the market. So I look after uh, connected TV, audio. I look after all of our members who are outside of London, mostly in Manchester, to be honest. And then I look after all of our contextual targeting businesses as well. So it's a really interesting role because I kind of, I understand what's going on at like a business to business level, but I also have to take that step back and look at the whole sector of the industry and think, right, how can we drive this forward based on what I've learned from speaking to all of these different companies? So it's a really, um, yeah, it's a really interesting role, I have to say. So the IB exists to build a sustainable future for digital advertising. um, And we look after all different types of members within the industry. So brands, agencies, media owner and ad tech companies. And we build a sustainable future through like lots of different ways. But one of them is, um, you know, research. So things like our digital ad spend study, where we measure the size of the digital advertising market. One of them is really, you know, policy and regulation. So really working with the government to inform them on, you know, the industry's view on upcoming, um, and well, the impact essentially of upcoming, you know, policy and regulation that might be um, coming to our industry. We also do a lot of events and that they're mainly aimed to educate the buy side. Um, and then we do a lot of kind of written educational work as well. So a lot of um, white papers, a lot of creating standards and that kind of thing. Um, so although we are a trade body, I like to think that we sound, we're a little bit more interesting than that sounds. Is it safe to say then you, you constantly need to be researching and talking to the market and talking to clients and, you know, uh, as a, uh, whether it's digital advertising and advertising in general, it's an industry that's constantly evolving, right? It, does, does that mean oh. you've had to, you have to just, you know, you, you have to stay on your toes all the time? 
I mean, absolutely. I mean, my role within the IB has changed every single year, and that's been purely reflective of what's going on in the industry. And even even the way I mentioned the member services department, even the way that we uh, segment our members and even the subjects that we're focusing on change every single year. Um, and contextual is an interesting example of that. You know, it would have been, you know, a huge priority for the IB a while ago. And now it's sort of coming back in the last couple of years. And it's going to be increasingly important as we move forward. And we just see that ebb and flow constantly. And and do you think contextual has has come about um, or, uh, you know, we, we've got you on the, on the podcast today to talk a little bit more about the, the IOB's contextual committee uh, yeah. Which is, I want to say, relatively new, right? Is it? Has it been about a year? Would you, yeah. I want to say a year? So it's we started it this year, but we'd actually started doing some contextual specific work last okay. year, and everybody who'd been working with us, it was a, a white paper specifically that we did last year. Um, we kind of got to the end of that, and we thought, you know, we haven't solved everything that needs yeah. to be done in contextual, and we've got a load of members who are really interested in it from all sides of the market, and actually. Um, it just sort of built from there. So I guess we've had a, an official group since the start of this year, but we have we were working on it in 2020 as well. Yeah, so it's a kind of it's it's kind of people coming to you, tech companies, agencies, clients coming to you, and, and and starting to talk a lot more about contextual than they might have done a couple of years back. Would you say? Oh, absolutely. It, it, that's definitely happening. Yeah, 100%. That's, yeah. And that's how we make decisions. We sort of network amongst our members. We survey our members. We ask a lot of questions. You know, I think staying curious is, you know, the number one thing that you need to succeed at the IB because you just need to be insatiably curious about what's going on. But yeah, and from those conversations and, you know, just for obvious reasons, obviously, you know, we realized that we needed to be focusing more on contextual. And and what would you say is probably the main purpose of the IOB Contextual Committee? Um, so our, our sort of out, outward facing purpose or the objective of the group is to educate brands on the importance and execution of contextual targeting and, you know, with a real focus on benefits that it can offer advertising, advertisers, sorry. Um, but I guess there's a kind of, a sub purpose to it and that's a bit more internal you know we don't we don't have this on our website or anything but it's really about bringing businesses together who is part of the IOB contextual committee um so a lot of people so i think the uh, including ever, us of course including us oh, yep you guys um so the ever expanding size of the committee i think is testament to the popularity and importance of contextual right now but um look, looking at the list which i won't reel off to you we've got about 50 separate companies on the wow. list. Um, and it's a real mix of ad tech companies, you know, specialists, contextual vendors, publishers. Um, yeah, we've a lot, had a lot of publishers get on board in the last couple of months, actually. Um, and then we've got an, um, we've got a lot of sort of channel-specific companies who've been getting involved from a, from their own area of the market. So thinking, you know, audio companies, connected TV companies, in-app companies. Um, and then we've got a couple of agencies too, but I'd say we're sort of less well represented on the on the buy side. I think if you ask the question who's part of the contextual committee five years ago and to now would be vastly different, right? You know, like you said, you've got audio, you've got probably podcast companies, you've got yep. connected TV, whereas maybe five, six, seven years ago, it would mainly have been um, like publishers, I'm, I'm assuming, and, and maybe less ad tech. Ad tech would have been involved for sure. Um, since then, there's been, there's been a lot of consolidation in the last couple of years. But 
um, no, it's, it's, it's interesting now that there's so many different mediums, right, to consume content and that brings its obvious, obvious benefits, but massive challenges as well as, as we heard in this morning's uh, contextual committee call where we had different providers from, I think, different markets really engaging and really pushing their narrative on what they think contextual is. So, you know, do do you see that continuing to happen? You know, will there constantly be these challenges of definitions and, and those types of things? I mean, 100%. And, and I, so I mentioned earlier, like my role at the IB evolving and the areas that we focus on evolving. And it'll happen with contextual, or it will happen with everything else as well. Like it's, that's like at the heart of the IB, right? Is we bring different businesses together and we try and get people to think about the long term sustainability of that area of the market. And when we, we had a conversation this morning in a meeting about definitions. And as, as you mentioned, you know, we've got, kind of relatively niche areas of the market really trying to drive forward their their um like their narrative and our role is to think okay well what's the consensus what makes sense what clarifies things for the buy side um and sort of bringing that all together but you can't get that if you don't have everyone in the room and I think that's why this morning's meeting was really important to get all the right voices in the room to have that conversation about contextual definitions um, and I think the IB is the best place to do that, to be honest. I think it's it's kind of good to, yeah, good to get everyone around the table. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you touched on the white paper um, earlier. And I think it's testament, you know, there's so many different contributors to the white paper. And, you know, you're not just kind of marking your own homework or just working with one or two ad tech companies or two publishers or two agencies that, you know, I, th- I think what I enjoyed of, you know, working with yourself on, on inputting for that white paper, it was that we were just getting loads of different um, pieces of information from loads of different companies within the industry. I think, I think that's what made the white paper great. And ultimately when you look at it from an ROI perspective and when you speak to you, to the media owners and when they speak to their marketing teams, that's what, then that's the conversation that's always being had is marketing goes and turns around to the media owners and, and says, oh, what, what's the ROI? And from a selfish perspective, from a CTAG perspective, we, we had tons of interest off the back of that white paper um, that agencies and brands saw on the IOB website. Uh, and in addition to that, I know we we added a few kind of case studies within that as well, whether it's eye tracking or contextual targeting. And um, it's great to, yeah, great to see something published and then the results pretty much straight away as well. I mean, that's great to hear. And I think we'll, you know, continue um, to publish educational work on contextual. So we obviously started with the white paper. Um, We've got our We've been referencing it, so I'm just going to explain it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's, no that's probably a great place to, <laughs> to for a podcast. Yeah. We should probably explain yeah. what we're talking about. So we have been working um, for a few months now on a document that def- defines the terms that are used in the contextual conversation. Because one thing that myself and my colleague Tina, who heads up our ad tech department and works with myself on on the contextual side of things, realized this year when we set up the contextual committee is that the conversations can get a little bit confused because everybody's using different terms for different things. And, you know, that's fine and that's right. Everyone's coming from their own area of the market. But actually, 
if we want to drive things forward and we want to make things more simple for the buy side, actually, we need to get everybody talking in the same terms and, and singing off the same hymn sheet. So that's kind of like a, we decided to take a bit of a step back and just begin with the definitions. So we're working on those now. As we mentioned, we had a fascinating meeting about it this morning. Um, and we're hoping to have those launched, you know, hopefully before before the end of September. And depending how many more iterations we end up with. Um, and on top of that, we're, we've got an event coming up in November on contextual targeting. So it's it's certainly an area that we're really we're really focused on. And actually for that event, just just while while we're talking about it, we um we're thinking about trialing it as our first sort of hybrid event. So everything we've done has been um virtual, but but we're looking at uh, ways to make that our first um hybrid event. So I think we'll probably you know rent a venue and, and have some sort of streaming nice. options as well. So if possible, you know, obviously there's a lot of caveats there. It would be good to get, you know, actually get the contextual community together for that one. Yeah, it would be, be great to see this, the people that we see on the call kind of every month or so face to face. Just generally speaking, uh, it, it would have been quite difficult for the IOB, right? Especially your events team. There are there have been no no events for a year and a half. Um, everything's been virtual. So um, I. I are the, the IOB team looking forward to that, eventually getting back up and running again and, and seeing people face-to-face? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think we're, I sort of mentioned it earlier, but like we're, we're about kind of bringing people together. And I think that's where we add the most value to the industry is getting different opinions in a room and working on a solution. And it's harder to do that ultimately, virtually. So we are really looking forward to getting people together. And, you know, we're like a, the industry itself. Like everybody loves like meeting up with each other, you know, going for a drink or, or going for lunch or dinner or whatever it is. But we're such a sociable industry. And I think we have collectively missed that. Um, but I would say that one of the benefits of being virtual is that, you know, so I mentioned earlier, I look after our, um, like our IB Northern group and our members who sit outside of London, you know, that being virtual has opened up the IB to them massively because they don't have to travel to London for events so that's been a that's been a benefit and I suppose you can because we're not traveling places we don't have um you can almost have more meetings I suppose so there's been there's been benefits to both but I think overall or we're really looking forward to getting back in in person where we can yeah definitely um you you touched on it earlier but uh, about education and and how important do you think education's been uh, when it when it comes to contextual advertising? Um, I think uh, it's extremely important. I think it's funny because the contextual space has changed a lot over the last few years, and there's 101 new companies cropping up, and all these different innovations, and all of these different ways that you. It can seems do it. like everyone has a contextual offering now. All of a sudden, in the last kind of year or so, right? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Education on the contextual side is extremely important because contextual has been around for a really long time. But actually, a lot has changed um, over the last few years. A lot of new companies are cropping up and all these different technologies and all of these different businesses with contextual offerings. And actually, I think that makes it quite hard for the buyer side to get a full grasp of what's going on. I mean, it's hard for anyone. I'm sure it's hard for everybody in the industry because there's so many, there's just so much on offer. and I think it's really communicating what's on offer now is 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 the important thing to focus on. 
Um, and I very much see the IIB's role as sort of arming brands with the information they need to make the right decisions about contextual. It's not about saying you should do this or you should do that. It's actually like, here's the information you need to make the decisions that are right for your business. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I think we should be focusing on. Um, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a question off the back of that, really. Do, do you think there is a, a general lack of education within our industry? And um, what I find anyway is, from my experience, is we're not good at educating peers and competitors and colleagues. And I think information is is kind of retained within the person or the organization. We're not really um, collaborating enough, I think. And, and, and there could be so much more. We could probably have another whole, whole podcast about this topic. But I, th- I think it is interesting because we we need to collaborate more you know we've all got the same kind of end goal really isn't it and working with the brands and ultimately trying to to benefit the brands whether it's from a performance perspective or a branding perspective or 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 kind of um you know various other metrics that they look at but in my opinion i don't don't think we're collaborating enough and then there's obviously the lack of education as well Do, do you do you feel the same way or do you feel there is plenty of education in the industry everyone's you know, chipping in and helping each other out? Um, well, I, I think there is, I think people are trying, but it is really hard. And I think as you, it's hard to ask questions in public forums. And I think everyone feels a bit embarrassed because there's something new constantly, constantly cropping up. But I do agree that we could be doing more to collaborate. And I think, as I said before, that's very much the IB's role to bring people on that kind of collaboration and education journey. Um but yeah, I think it's, I think there's always going to be an education gap because it's always going to be hard when the industry moves at 101 miles an hour. Um, and interestingly, this is something that we've sort of looked into at the IB. So we um, we did a survey on our members at the right at the end of 2019 about this so-called digital skills gap. Um, and, and interestingly, so um, 91% of our respondents put programmatic skills as important to their business, but 45% said that they were much needed and the knowledge was really hard to find. And I think that kind of reflects the point that you're making, isn't it? That it is really hard. Um, yeah, well, it's, it, it's hard for everybody to keep up to date, but it's also to, uh, hard to find the talent as well for businesses. Um and interestingly, it's the study that we did showed that digital skills are missing the most at the kind of entry level and mid level management, which is which I think is um, yeah, which I think is fascinating. Um, and we're really focused on it as well. So we do um, so like at the kind of entry level, we do a lot of work with grads and, and people coming into the industry. So we've got a partnership with Middlesex University. Um, where we do getting into digital sessions with them and we we offer free training um, and all of that kind of thing. And actually, Dal, you spoke at one of our Middlesex uh, sessions at the at the back end of last year. Um, and the goal of that is really to bridge the gap between the education system and our industry um, and actually help people coming into our industry sort of speak the language a little bit more. Yeah. Because if it's hard for people who are in the industry, it's going to be impossible for people who are sort of trying to break in. Um, and the other side that we're focusing on at that kind of mid-level knowledge gap that we've 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 identified is missing is we're launching a free um, e-learning training platform for all of our members, um, and that will be launched um, before the end of the year. And it's got courses on digital marketing essentials, which is great for anybody joining 
joining the industry. Um, we've got programmatic basics and programmatic advanced, as well as kind of educational videos from uh, people within the IB business on things like measurement, brand safety, the IB gold standard, for example, and just um, some of the subjects that you kind of need to know if you work in digital. So, yeah, it's an area that we're really focused on. Um, but I do agree with you. Like, I think more could be done and more collaboration as well. I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I think I think it's super important at the grassroots level, universities, schools. You know, I remember yeah. a long time ago <laughs> uh, studying like uh, GCSEs or A levels, business studies, and you would talk about marketing, you'd talk about advertising, and I know it's very different now. There wasn't as much digital advertising back in. I'm not going to tell you when, but, you know, maybe <laughs> the early 2000s. Um, and, yeah, so it was kind of, okay, we'll do kind of a couple of pages in a textbook on on radio, if that, one page on radio, one one page on TV, and then maybe on the internet there was banners. Um, so it would be interesting actually to know now what, what's, what's happening at the kind of secondary school level and then university level, um, so uh, my background's been in economics. I didn't actually have a, 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 or do a degree or an undergrad degree anyway in, in, in marketing, but um, uh, um, I um, did a master's at SOAS and there was a couple of modules on marketing. And again, you would deep dive into the brands, brand values, and then just touch on advertising. And, and what that mm -hmm. meant was when I was just looking for jobs uh, and like many other, many other <laughs> recent grads, you know, you just kind of, you know, apply to everything that kind of comes your way and, you know, sign up to recruitment agencies. And, 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 you know, I didn't really know what the industry was and, and kind of, it was a little bit too late. Like I entered the industry and I had to start from scratch, you know, um, but because there was never a platform or there wasn't um, the knowledge sharing that, that might exist now. So I think, I think now students or people entering the industry might have a lot more resource than they might have done about 10 years ago and I think that's super important that we need to keep educating and we need need to keep telling the next generation of people coming up it's not it's not like madmen it's not you know going <laughs> out and and having a whiskey at 10 in the morning or 9 in the morning uh, and, and doing a deal in the pub you know that that may have happened that definitely didn't happen in the last 10 years uh, maybe 20 30 years ago of the you know the print days and, and that, that did happen but it doesn't happen now so I think there is that misconception of that's what advertising is for people outside of the advertising industry absolutely and I, one thing I think is really interesting is that I so I've like been and done some talks and some schools talking about the, the digital advertising industry specifically and one thing that you kind of come up against and I think it's fair enough because when I think about kind of creative like when I was at GCSE level, for example, if it's like, okay, well, if you're creative, you do art, and that's the kind of only option for you. And then people seem to think if you come into an advertising career, it's just that sort of create, like creating things. But actually, you know, you could be an incredible, you could be incredible at statistics, and it would be the, the perfect industry for you. And actually, I think this perception that it's just for creative people is... Um, I think that's certainly the perception at like, you know, school age. And it's something that we need to change because there is a brilliant job in our industry for, you know, a variety of people with a variety of skills. Yeah. And, and there's so many roles within the different companies, right? Um, and the reason I mention that is I'm talking to agency people all the time or, or client side. 
And I, I do ask the question, you know, would you ever come media owner side or publisher side? And they're like, oh, no, no, I'm not a salesperson. And kind of that's their first, that's their immediate thought is I need to be a salesperson. I need to be pushy. I need to be, you know, um, you know, again, the misconception that that's what a salesperson does. But I think the role of the salesperson has obviously changed over the last 10 years. It's a lot more consultative now, um, you know, with lots more competition. Um, it's a lot more technical now with, with ad tech and all the different platforms so I, th I think that's changed a lot so i think it's i think that's also important to consider as well definitely um kind of going back to the uh, contextual and um contextual advertising in particular i kind of know the answer to this question because we talked about it this morning in the in the committee meeting but have you seen there is a clear definition of of what contextual advertising is um, so, as you know from the meeting this morning, uh, we so we've got a definition that we published in our white paper last year, and I think through the growth of the committee and through the growth of all of the different businesses who are involved in, um, you know, our group essentially, um, we've realised that maybe it needs some like a little bit of tweaking. So we're at that we're doing that right now. Um, based on like a really interesting conversation we had this morning, I think there's certainly at least one or two changes we'll make to it um, just to make it inclusive of um, different environments, essentially. Yep. So uh, yes, we will have a definition and it will be hopefully live, as I said, before the end of September. Um, and it will be, yeah, something that all the different 50 businesses on our committee will have had a chance to review. So I think we can put it out in market with a lot of confidence. Definitely. And I think from, from my perspective, um, not only working at SeedTag, but previously working at Spotify as well, which also has a strong contextual offering, very different because obviously Spotify is, is audio heavy, video heavy, um, and uh, it's, in, in, it's in app, right, rather than browser. So I think there's a lot of different definitions or different conversations, but what I think of contextual advertising is like moment targeting. What is that person doing right there and then? Is it listening mm. to a playlist um, while they're at the gym? If you're serving a relevant ad there, that's contextual advertising in my, my eyes. Again, if you're reading an article related to sports or fitness or health, serving a relevant ad without any other information on what that user has done beforehand, that's contextual advertising. But when you get 30 to 35 people on a on a committee call, then there's lots of other points raised, right? So um, that, Absolutely. you know, I just like to simplify things. Um, and I, I suppose that's the job of the IOB, right? To simplify the definitions yeah. for the wider audience. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of a, an interesting balancing act of trying to make sure that it's as simple and as clear for the audience as possible, which is largely the buy side. But actually for this particular yeah. definition document, we kind of want everybody to be using it so that those conversations between the sales side and the buy side are, are, you know, as clear as they can be. But it's also about kind of future-proofing it. So if we write something that's right now, but then in a couple of months, it's not going to be, it's not going to be still correct. Actually, that doesn't necessarily simplify things in the long term. So it's that sort of balancing act. And we keep talking about the meeting this morning, but I think it was just really interesting to hear everybody's everybody's opinion. And what we'll have to do at the IIB is take that away and put it through that lens of like, is this keeping things as clear as they possibly can be? 
Um, and that will be the filter that we put it through to ultimately make the decisions. Um, but yeah, it is a challenge. I think with the, these kind of committee meetings, it's always the ad tech providers that talk. Um, would you like more of the agencies and the, the brands to uh, chip in or, um, I don't know, put their opinion across? Because ultimately, that you know, we're all selling into, you know, or pitching into those clients and those brands. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think um, I think that's something that we really need to sort of prioritise at the IB is actually how can we get those voices heard in, in mm-hmm. that meeting? Sometimes you can't sort of like force pick someone on some, to speak. Yeah, pick on yeah, someone but, like being in a classroom. Yeah, but something that we've done in the past or something that we've done in other areas of like of digital that we work across at the IB is, you know, had one of those committee meetings where you get so much ad tech perspective mm-hmm. across, which is great. And actually just given some of our agency members a call and be like, well, what do you think of this? Okay. Or in other in other instances, we've had um, like roundtables specifically with our agency members where we just sit and have like a really in-depth chat about what their lives are like and the challenges that they're facing. And actually kind of that's been really useful for the committee to have that information because if we're not making the agency's lives more simple, they obviously have to, you know, deal one-on-one with the brands. Like we're probably not producing things that are as useful as they can be. So I think you're right. We do really need to have their voices heard. It's just thinking if people don't speak up in meetings, it's is about, or if they're not showing up to the meetings, it's about thinking about the best way to get that information. Yeah. And ultimately, like you said, you know, you set up the committee because the brands were asking questions and, and they wanted yeah. to know more about contextual. And then kind of the ad tech and the media owners are answering those questions, but it's not a simple question and answer, right? It's a, a debate or it's a, um, a collaboration, whatever you want to call it. So I think it is important. There's a, a back and forth um, between the different, you know, the parties that are involved within the ecosystem. So, yeah, I think I think that's definitely a good point. Um, based on what you've seen at the IOB, do you see there being a big shift now towards contextual? Um, is the simple answer yes? <laughs> I mean, yes, of course. I mean, the, the one thing we obviously haven't talked about today is the upcoming loss of the third-party cookies, which obviously... Mm. Um, is the whole well is one of the reasons that you know contextual is 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 having the spotlight on it that it is um but your question specifically about kind of what have i seen at the ib so mm-hmm. the, the kind of data that i have access to essentially is um so we did a survey with some of our decision makers at the ib recently about topics to focus on for the year ahead and contextual came out as number one across oh, wow. all of our members so that's something that we did this summer not something that we're sort of like publishing externally. It's just to kind of us, us to get a steer on what to focus on. So that's that's pretty clear for us. And the other thing is looking, going back to the white paper that we've been referencing is um, on our site. So over the past year, that's the number four most downloaded piece of content over the past. So we launched it, I think, last summer. Right. So over the past mm-hmm. full year, um, yeah, it's had an incredible amount of downloads. And if you can, you know, that's up there with things like digital ad spend, which is the number one thing people know the IB for. We do that in partnership with PwC every year. We've been doing it for 20 years. Sometimes gets picked up by, you know, like the national press. Like it's yeah. it's pretty high. So it's, it's impressive to think that the white paper is kind of at that level in terms of what people use the IB website for. 
so we've we've had the year of mobile we've had the year of video we've had the <laughs> year of connected tv so is, yeah. is, is 2022 the year of contextual i think it is it's gonna have to be isn't it yeah so yeah everyone, <laughs> everyone just needs to start thinking about contextual if they're not already thinking about it right 100 um when it comes to publishers are you are you seeing um certain differences of of pushing contextual and you know in in your day-to-day many publishers and are they, are they frequently talking about contextual or does it depend on on the publisher yeah so i would say increasingly we're seeing a lot of our publishers focusing on contextual so in the last few months, I would say, maybe since the start of the summer, we've had um, we've had a we've had a load of publishers that actively put their hands up to join our contextual group and proactively be involved in the contextual conversation. So, yes, we're seeing we're seeing a huge focus from the publisher side. I would say. Brilliant. Do you foresee any conflicts between all the different parties? Um, we've mentioned it a little bit already, but you know everyone has their definition but do you think ultimately we will come to an overarching definition that everyone agrees to do i foresee any conflicts i think Mm -hmm. i've experienced them (laughs) (laughs) um not conflict i think that's the wrong word but i think essentially this question is really at the heart of what the iib does and we have loads of different members with loads of different views and Mm -hmm. there are inherently different conflicts if if we are going to use that word um, because of the nature of everybody's diff- business is different, but that's what the committee is for. And as you say, we put we come up with a definition and we put it in front of everyone and we work to get it to a point that ultimately achieves that goal of making it clearer for um, clearer for the buy side. Um, so yeah, there are there are natural conflict conflicts, but I think we are the kind of best place to work work through those conflicts and. and and essentially come up with a definition that works for everyone. So one last question from us. Um, what's in the roadmap for the contextual committee and, and what work is being scheduled that you believe the industry will find useful? Coming to an agreement, sorry, first, right? I think that's probably the first <laughs> Coming to an agreement thing, yeah. and then launching our definitions document, which I think will be incredibly useful. I mean, the fact that there's so much disagreement in the process sort of like shows that it's needed right because everybody disagrees with how we should be talking about it so if we can come to a final right this is it yeah and it's not just it's not just the word you know contextual there's sort of 12 different terms that we're talking about within it so you know environment um talking about uh like vertical or consentless and all of these different terms that we're using so i think that is incredibly important we have got our event that i mentioned that's going to happen on the 9th of November um, and that will be really focused on educating the buy side and we've got another committee meeting in September where we'll be kind of working on the agenda for that and figuring out what the objective specifically for like what the theme needs to be Um, and then you know obviously a huge part of what we are doing moving forward over the next year or so is really helping our members prepare for the post third party cookie future and we this week have launched a user ID hub and there's lots of information on there about contextual. Um, and we are uh, launching a section on it where our members can promote their own contextual solutions, which kind of goes back to that piece about kind of 
arming the buyer side with all the information that they need. It's sort of like, here's what it is, here's what you need to know, and here are all the different solutions. So that's that's going to be going live as well. So the 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 page is live on our website, but we're adding the bit about the um about the contextual solutions as well. Um and yeah, that's that's sort of it for this year. I'm sure we'll continue to be focusing on it next year, the uh, the year of contextual, as you say. And it will develop so much, right? It's just going to be constant. Absolutely. You know, all it takes is one person to, to you know talk about contextual in a, a slightly different way, and it'll just open up a whole new can of worms. So I think, I think that's the great thing about working in the industry that we're working in is is it's just constantly evolving. Um, um, yeah, we need to just you know you know opening our minds to how people are working and how companies are operating and and, and constantly changing with that absolutely perfect so i think that's all we've got time for today's podcast thank you Catherine, for your time it's been really good catching up with you and uh, this is actually our final episode of the contextual advertising 101 crash course Uh, so thank you everyone for listening we may come back and update with new episodes in the future as contextual advertising evolves and we hope you have enjoyed this introduction to contextual advertising thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of contextual advertising 101 if you enjoyed the show please leave us a five-star review to see all the show notes and resources mentioned in this episode head over to seedtag.com 101 this episode is brought to you by seedtag the world's leading contextual advertising company Contextual intelligence allows you to engage with consumers within their universe of interest on a cookie-free basis. By delivering ads into content, we capture users' attention faster and retain it longer. Learn more and reach out to us at seedtag.com.